Can anything good come from Nazareth? Ever feel small, unimportant, or feel like you can't be used to make an impact? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Mallory. And I'm Holly. And welcome to Small Town Big Kingdom. We believe even small people from small places can be used for His big kingdom. Through open and honest conversations about real life struggles, we hope to dive deeper into His Word and how we can apply it to the small places and spaces of our lives. So click subscribe and join us as we chat with Bibles open and coffee in hand. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Um, we hope you guys all had a great week and had an opportunity to listen to the last episode on prayer because God only knows that's the only way I make it through the day <laughs> is praying constantly, not to lose my mind. Um, but today, Mallory and I both wanted to talk about a subject that we both um, are in the thick of. And struggle with. And struggle with, if we're being <laughs> honest. And honestly, I feel like if you're not in the middle of this currently, if you're younger and you don't you're not at this phase of your life, it still is would be beneficial to hear this for the one day. So what we're going to talk about is parenthood. And let's be honest, there's no real rule book or guidebook or instruction manual. Honestly, I wish there was. I told my child this this morning as we were kind of arguing. <laughs> I was like, listen, I'm doing the best job I can. They did not give me a guidebook on how to be a parent. I'm just trying to do the best I can. So and you've make it you've made it very <laughs> yeah. aware to me that I suck at it. Yeah. So give me some grace <laughs> in this. Like I'm doing the best I can. But um we're, we're not just gonna talk about parenting. We're gonna particularly talk yeah. about raising our kids as Christians and as believers and how we are trying to implement that with our kids and what just the importance of that. Yes. Um, I was telling Mallory, I started thinking about this topic and just sitting back and looking at um, my children and what we're going through as they're growing up and where we put a lot of our, um, our time and our energy and our priorities and reflecting on how a lot of the things that we are investing into now are not um, in the long run, honestly, beneficial. Mm -hmm. And we put so much of our efforts into making them um, top of their class or get into the right college and get them these amazing jobs that set them up financially and getting them um, all the accolades. I mean, I know my family, athletics is important to us. So getting them with all the right coaches and all the right equipment and getting, you know, we just do so much related around things that are short-term things and not long-term things. And how we, a lot of times as parents, lose sight of the long-term prepping that we should be doing for their soul and for their eternity. Because let's face it, I can prepare them all day long to have the best earthly life I can. And I've done nothing for them if it all turns out that they spend eternity away from me in well, hell. And I think, especially now we've fallen into the trap of, okay, well, if we're not busy and we're not doing things every single night, we must not be doing what we're supposed to be doing. We must not be doing a good job 
because we're not at a sporting event tonight or we're not here or we're not there. And we all know that's not true. That is the easiest trap Satan can get you in, which is busyness. He may not can get you to sin, but he can get you to stay busy. And if he gets you to stay busy, it takes your focus off of Christ and what really matters. And it focuses you on the busyness of everything. Yes. And I mean, I mean, I, we all we, fall yeah. trapped. I mean, yes. like we fall into that every week. And if I'm being, my kids are definitely like that. Like they like to stay busy and stay on the go. And, but if I'm being honest, like when I find a couple days in a row that like we don't have slam packed schedules, I'm like looking around like, what are, we're, I'm bored. What am uh-huh. I doing? Like, I feel like these days we as Americans and as humans like to stay busy and we're constantly consuming and doing and we don't sit good in just the stillness, the stillness, which I'm working on. But, um, but today we wanted to talk about ways that I think over the last few years, I know I've implemented in my life. And I even posed this question to my children this morning when we were talking, I asked them, I said, since we've begun to make our home more Christ-centered and be more open about um, talking about Christ and be intentional with our um, love for Christ and open, has our family, has our home life and the environment in our house changed? And they were both adamant that it had, that it had changed for the better. That it was a, a better home life, more positive, more loving. Um, so that's how, that's what we want to talk about is ways that we can maybe make small changes um, in our houses and in our homes with our relationships between our us and our husbands, mothers and fathers, and with our kids to hopefully make long-term impacts in their relationship. With Christ. And of, again, this is something that you have to be intentional about. I mean, I can want all of these things for my kids. I can want all of these things for myself. I can want a better relationship with Christ. But again, if I'm not intentional about it and I don't have a plan set in motion, it's not going to happen. You can want a better marriage for yourself. But if you're just sitting there saying, I want a better marriage and you're not doing anything about it, you're not being intentional, it's not going to happen. True. So these are a few little, I guess, tips that we have and of course everything like the things we do for our kids and our family may not work for you and your family but hopefully you can kind of just like build off of it maybe yeah modified what for you and that's what we do I mean thankfully parenting is such a struggle but Holly's kids are a few years ahead of mine and so I'm blessed to have her to talk to about things and she it's much easier to give other people advice. <laughs> yes, it, it is. is. Your own self. Yes, it is. And so she always is giving me good advice. Um, just that, cause she's walked through it already. So she's like, well, yep, that sucked for me. So <laughs> try this. <laughs> Don't do that. But, um, so one thing that the very first thing we both wrote down that we both do well at, I feel like is just playing Christian music. Yes. All the time which my kids get very annoyed with they want me to play the other songs well and I think if you mine were the same way when we started that and now 
I mean, when you first walk around the corner toward their bedroom the first time and they have their own music playing and they can select their own songs and you walk in there and that Christian music is what they're in the shower singing to, like your heart. Mm-hmm. Like I just can't even, I never get tired of that. But I mean, let's face it these days, I'm sure 80% of homes have um, Alexa's yeah. or. Well, your phone. I yeah. mean. I mean, some form of. Something that you can tell it to play something. I started, that's how I slowly started to um, change the atmosphere of my home by letting that music, even when we weren't home, just play throughout my home. Mm -hmm. I think it sets um, the mood and the spirit of your home. I mean, this may sound crazy, but to let Satan know that, he can't have my home. Mm-hmm. He's not welcome in my home. That in this house, what we talk about, what we listen to, and the places that our soul is set is, is Christ. And so that just sets a good precedent. Well, it just puts positive in their mindset yes. automatically. I can tell. I try to. My kids have an Alexa in their um, room. And I always turn the one on in the kitchen as soon as I get up because that's where I'm at, making lunches, making coffee, doing, you know, all that stuff. But I started turning theirs on before I even wake them up. And if I do that and let them wake up to that, they wake up in a better mood mm-hmm. 90%. Not well, they're, they're kids. They're not always going to wake up in a good mood. But their mood is much better if I wake them up in that than if I'm in there going, wake up. Yeah, like yeah, you know, I just kind of play that slowly in the background. Well, and whether or not we think, whether or not we actually see it making a difference, it is Mm -hmm. because things seep into your mind and they stick. And I would much rather my kids unintentionally be hymning a praise and worship tune than Mm -hmm. secular music that's putting their minds in a different because even though you think they're not they are paying they attention are. They we are. were in the car the other day and my four-year-old was like play that one jesus song <laughs> that one yeah like which one? which one and he like kept saying the same word over and over again and i'm pretty sure it was not the song he was talking about but i just pulled it up that had that one and he was like that's it <laughs> yeah, there you go. and i'm like okay they, I, i'm doing a little something for jesus's but so, it does change your home and 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 you're doing it for your children, but let's face it, it also mm. sets your mood and sets the tone for your day as well. So step one, play Jesus music. <laughs> <laughs> um, step two would be to keep yourself in check. And I am so guilty of this. Me because too. <laughs> I'll lose it in a minute. Uh-huh. And I try to be so patient with them because... I mean, most of the time, you know, our husbands are the ones who don't have as much patience. So I'm like over there trying to be the one that's more patient. But I mean, it's and to, hard. And sometimes. to their defense, to their defense, that's just not this their personality. is going to be a shocker. I'm going to defend the men. But to their defense, like they don't, they probably lose their patience quicker because they're withinless. Well, and I think that we think that they should have more patience yeah. because they get to parent less but they don't get to i don't think well they, they don't reach get it to, when we're frustrated yeah, they see the frustration in they us, do so and they don't learn the ebbs and flows of like yeah. when you when you really need to be stern mm-hmm. and blow up on the kids and when you can like say things softer you know and then they're just first Instinct reaction is, is 
sternness. Yeah. Um, so, and I think sometimes as moms, we look at them like, you didn't have to go that far on the first warning, but uh, I keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my mouth shut. I may, I may give a look sometimes, but, um, but I think that it's our job as parents, both mothers and fathers to try to work together to keep ourselves in check so that when those little eyes are watching us or hearing the way we correct them, that we're correcting them in a loving manner that we also won't reflect it back when we speak to them. Right. Because when they speak we to can't us. expect these expectations from them. We can't expect them to ha- say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Be all the things that they need to be all the time. Whenever we're sitting there cussing them out because we're mad at them. Yes. How do we expect for them to not do the same to us? We've got to model Christ's love to them so that they can see it mm-hmm. and model it back to us. And because if we're not doing them that, and but we're telling them to do that, what is that teaching them? Yeah. Well, I hold you to this standard, but I don't hold myself to this standard. Mm-hmm. And this is not me shaming anybody because I promise you a cuss word has slipped out of this mouth yeah. at my children. And, but then when that happened or just, just even yelling at them. I mean, maybe it's not a cuss word. Maybe it's you're yelling. But when that happens, knowing to go back to them and say, you know what? Mommy was wrong. I messed that up. I messed up. And I'm sorry. Do not act like mommy. Yeah. <laughs> act like Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I think one kind of little like scripture we pulled out for that was Ephesians 6, 4. And it says, fathers, but it's speaking to both of us. <laughs> Don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So I think a lot of us tend, a lot of parenting sometimes I've seen displayed is picking at your kids, like, you know, almost making fun of like, oh, look at you. You did that. I can't, you know, that type of thing. We're tearing them down when we're doing that. And again, guilty of doing that, but. Just remember to not stir up anger in them, but to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And to me, that just, I think, will do so much more Mm -hmm. for them than the ways that our world brings them up and says to them, you know, who they are and how they are. Well, and one little trick, I was telling Mallory about this, and I have to credit my husband with this because it... um, it's his favorite verse, and it just so happens that it falls, um, the verse lines up with what his birthday is, so it's easy for him to remember. But um, it's a good one for him, and him saying it, it has now um, taken seed in my mind. And so I use that as a weapon when I'm angry and frustrated, and this is what it is. James one nineteen. everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So, I mean, talk about we all need that, right? Mm -hmm. So I've tried now that um, my husband has told me that this is a verse that he's trying harder to listen to. I try to catch myself when I'm becoming angry and I'm becoming where I know I want to be quick to respond. I just stop myself and I I do it out loud. I'm like, James 119. I just say it over myself in the car and the kids are like, she's crazy. But James 119, (laughs) James when, like they know now that when they hear me say that, like she's trying, we're not going to speak. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to control herself. <laughs> but use that, like, talk about speaking scripture over yourself to calm yourself before you are quick to snap. James one nineteen. Yes, that works. All right, 
on to tip number three. Model a relationship with Christ and your spouse. And by that, I'll let Holly touch on this some more. But I just want to say, I think um, I love my parents. I grew up in a Christian home. I think that my mom and dad, gosh, they've been married a really long time. Uh, over 40 years. That's what I say. You don't know how long your parents? I can't remember that. Listen, I got three <laughs> I, kids. I understand. <laughs> Um, but so they have, you know, given me something to, I, I only aspire to be able to be married that long to my husband and to be able to show that kind of commitment to my kids, but they did that. And then they also, I mean, they brought me up in a Christian home and my dad worked a lot when we were younger. So I didn't get to like, I, I saw that in his parenting style, but as his actual relationship, I didn't get to see that because he wasn't home a lot, but we always did a thing where for a long time, we'd go in their bedroom, we'd pray every night and we'd read out of this devotional book together every night. And we would kind of talk about some stuff, but um, I didn't see them. And this is, this is not me because they listen. So I don't want them to take this the wrong way, but I didn't see them in their Bible a lot and like doing their devotions because most of the time they did that before we got up or my dad would do it in his office, you know, like, so it Mm -hmm. wasn't like something. So, and that's fine. They showed me Christ's love in their walk and in how they live their life and they continue to do that and they continue to amaze me in that and um so proud of them for who they are in Christ and who uh, just for Christ putting them in my life but that's one thing that I try to be really intentional about is I want my kids to see me doing that on a daily basis and it's not so I can say look at me I'm you know spending time with Jesus but it's because I want them to, I, I, I was the type of kid who didn't ask a lot of questions, some, you know, and, or would watch the things that I probably shouldn't have watched and wanted those things. And I want my kids to see that and be intent and me be intentional about it so mm-hmm. that they know that is what a relationship works looks like. You've got to work at it. You've got, you know, I don't want them to just say, okay, let, I don't want to be like, okay, do you want to be saved? You know, mm-hmm. okay, let's be saved. Now you're saved. You're going to heaven. I want them to know that this is not something that is a one-time commitment, but it's something that they, you work a lifetime for, and it's the most important thing in their life. I don't want them to wake up every morning and be so consumed with what they're wearing to school and what their day looks like and forget that the most important thing is spending time with mm-hmm. Christ. Well, I think what you're saying is you want them to recognize that your marriage, yours and Mitch's relationship is modeled after your relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. your walk, your um, y'all being one. And that is so important for kids now. To because, see. Because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of kids in our world today that don't see a united mother and father and what that looks like and how you're supposed to love. Which is each very other. hard, regardless yeah. of how much you love your spouse. That's just hard marriage and parenting. Well, and it's hard in our busy lives too, because I mean, I I don't know about, I mean, I kind of know about Mallory's life at home, but like for me, my husband's kind of up and out the door before my kids get up and our schedules are so crazy that there's only small pockets of time. Mm -hmm. If I'm being honest, like 
maybe an hour. We might get an hour a night, like as a family. A lot of times my kids are with me and they're not with him or he's picked them up and I'm not around. So just those moments where you can display Christ's love through you and your husband and the way that you interact with each other. And then the things that you're listening to and watching. If you're in the car as a family, listening mm-hmm. to Christian music as a family. Um, for a long time, I kind of did that, but my husband didn't. Or I was more intentional about things than my husband was. But um, it really does make a difference when you're united in your parenting mm-hmm. and united in the message that you're giving your kids. Your and the is. model that you're displaying for yeah, them. It does. Okay. On to point, what are we at? Four? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Prepare your head your for the day. Oh, sorry. I can't read her writing. Sorry. Heart. Mm-hmm. Prepare your heart for the day. Well, in your head. Like, let's face it. Um, I have to get my head right most days because I wake up not in the greatest mood. So, um, and what we mean by preparing your heart for the day is I started this, um, I'd say a couple years ago, and it has made all the difference in my life. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest um, intentional things that I do on a day-to-day basis that has really turned my life around. And that is and not everyone can do this because I know not everyone's great at getting up. But even if you have to start out by getting up five minutes earlier or 10 minutes earlier, getting up, if you're a mom, before your kids, before you've got to get up and prepare the house and all the things for the day, if you can get up and start your day out with quiet time, with prayer, with a devotion, it sets your day, it sets your heart, it sets your head, it sets your day in the right direction mm-hmm. when you're focused first thing on God and on being with him. And I'm not as good as Holly because she can get up at like four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but um, love her for that. <laughs> I want some advice she actually just gave me last week. I We were starting to record our or before we record, we always sit down and just kind of vent to each other about. Yeah, unload, unload yourself. We unload on each other so we don't unload on anyone else. And um, I was just talking about how I just am tired of the busyness of every morning before school. Like, I just feel like it's a rush to get our clothes on. It's a rush to brush our teeth. It's a rush to do this. It's a rush to do that. And even on the days you get up earlier, it's like, no matter what, you're still rushing out the door. And I also have a child who has a severe ADHD. So like she's a sloth every morning and we're all trying to rush and we're telling her the same thing 50 times. Love her to death, but the child (laughs) really tests me. And so I just was kind of talking to her about that. And she was like, get them. See, my thing was I would get up early and I would spend some time in my devotion And I would get all their lunch boxes done and I would get coffee started and I would get breakfast made. And then I would wake them up because I'm like, they're so little. They need extra time to sleep. But Holly was like, wake them up earlier, make Mm -hmm. them get up earlier, have them ready by seven o'clock. And then you've got, so we started, I started doing that a couple days last week and then we didn't have school yesterday. So we did that this morning and 
they were all in the living room and dressed by seven o'clock this morning, eating breakfast. And they were in such a better mood on the way to school. And I was telling her that my kids are at younger ages. So it's hard for me to like get them to sit down and really like do an emotional every morning with them just because they're four, six and 11 and their attention spans is, are not much. Well, and they're at different. Yeah, they're at different, they're like, at different yeah. understanding stages. But we got ready. Me and my <laughs> husband have decided that we're not allowing um, the iPads or the tablets in the car anymore on the way to school, which we only live less than 10 minutes from school. But that's just kind of something that we've implemented here lately. I don't, that's our, he's started riding to school with us too, which is another Which is thing. awesome. Yeah. Super proud of him. And so, um, we're like, we get 10 minutes with them, you know, let's have it be peaceful and not getting mad because I can't win a game on the iPad or it can't be, you know. And so anyway, this morning we pulled up the Bible app and I showed them the video of the kids devotional they put on there every day. If you haven't done that and you have young kids, it's probably like it's less than five minutes. We'll and, link it in the show notes yeah. too. I think we can do that. And it, they, you know, I'm holding it in the middle of the car so they can all see it. It's playing through the speakers. And, um, they're like halfway watching it, halfway talking about something, fighting over battleship or something that they had back there. But when it was over, I'm like, okay, what did we learn from this? And they're like, pray and obey. And I'm like, okay, they were half listening, but they did listen. They got part of it. And it was just like, then we were at school and we're in a good mood. We're getting out of the car and we listen to something about Jesus and we're in a good mood. And hopefully we can be Jesus to the rest of the kids at the school. So I just... I mean, Holly gets to sit down and enjoy a devotion time. Well, I don't know if it's enjoyable all the time. <laughs> okay, back yeah. up. Because it is not enjoyable. They're like, I, I literally <laughs> half the time end up giving them lectures like, we're sitting here talking about Jesus and your face looks like. I mean, like literally that's what happened this morning. I'm like, I literally get 10 minutes to discuss Jesus with you. Y'all could at least look like you're happy about it. I mean, I, I'm not saying that my kids like are all in and are like oh you can read everything on both of their faces yeah, all the are time. loving the fact that they're that's how they're having to get up early to, they're not but it's I'm, doing something I know that some small part of that is sinking in and I would much rather I mean I'll take the frustration from them if I know that some game or some YouTube site is not what sunk into their minds to start their day, mm -hmm. but it's Christ, even if I've got to argue it into them. <laughs> so all that being said, if you're not one who can get up early and spend the devotion time with your kids, pop, you know, let them watch something on the way to school or read something. If they're a little bit older and they can like, you know, understand it, read them a small devotion out of one of your devotion books for the day or get them one that's age relatable to them. And yeah. And we'll try to link a few in the show notes yeah. that we've used in the past. There's also these good things. Um, they're like tiny little scripture cards that you can like, they come on a ring. You can keep them in your car. Mm -hmm. I've put those in my car. So when there's days where like something happened and we're running late and we didn't get to sit down and actually do a devotion, those are in my car. I can pull it out. Yeah. We can just read a verse on the way to school. Like, play a game, see if, who can remember it. Something. If you're just instilling something about Christ and setting that consistent time in the mornings um, to start their day off with Christ, it just, it, it's an, hopefully it's a habit that they you're forming work, in yeah. their lives that when they leave your home and they go to college or they are living on their own, that they already have that in their spirit, that they already know to start their day 
in that way. Well, and I just know from my own experience, the mornings that I don't have time to do my devotion because I may wake up late or something, my day goes a lot harder mm-hmm. than it does on the mornings I have time to be in the word. And so take that into consideration when you're trying to like squeeze this into your schedule. It's more important than the five minutes they need to watch the cartoons or the whatever it is that they think they have to do in the morning. We're the parents. We're the ones who need to set this mm-hmm. tone for them. Um, little piece of scripture. Um, and I told Mallory, this is one that I can recall my mom saying um, so often as our, as me and my sister were getting old was Proverbs 22, six, start your children off in the way that they should go. And even when they are old, they will not depart from it. So if we teach our kids these habits and we teach our kids to spend time with Christ while they're younger, it does take hold. They may put it down for a little while or they may modify it, but, um, we're laying foundations for them to have relationships with Christ as they get older. Well, and I don't remember what the percentage is of kids who are adults who will come to encounter Christ at an adult age, never had it, never being had, you know, raised up in that environment. But the statistics that me and Holly just found on the kids that will return as an adult to a Christ's life is only 30%. Mm-hmm. So that just amplifies to me how important, how much more important it is to just raise them. Because if you're not raising them, that the odds of that are really slim. I mean, how many adults do we see getting baptized? Well, I mean, statistics prove that when, when kids graduate and they leave leave your home and they go out into the world, um, they fall out of, even children who were raised going to church in godly homes, they fall out of mm-hmm. like the routine 20s. and the relationship with Christ because they're on their own. However, you've set that foundation and hopefully something you've instilled in them will stick and will, um, if they, fall away or they don't continue that relationship as strongly as they once had that they will come back to it. I mean, scripture tells us they will come back to it. And I know that's evident in both mine and my sister's life. I mean, and mine. When yeah. I did do that when I went to college, my time was my time and I was going to spend it the way I wanted to. Um, but I did come back. Well, and I think the whole time that you're doing that, the back of your mind, you know, you shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, so like God's still there. There's a seed still there. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to move on to what I think is our final point, point five of tips and tricks to hopefully help, um, not just in the short term, but the long term prepping. Hit it with us, Mallory. Go ahead. Um, we need to, this is something very simple and very easy, but making time to pray. And that's, you know, when you're doing a devotional with them, making them time for Some of the simplest things can be just before bedtime, when you wake up, during, you know, before you eat. Like, I know all that seems so silly, but my kids fight over who's going to pray before we eat sometimes, you know? So like, even just that, they don't really realize, I don't think at the ages mine are at what they're doing, mm-hmm. but they're forming a habit. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like that's just what all of this goes back to. Forming good habits to spend time with Jesus. Right. Um, I, I would say the same thing. I mean, we talked about prayer last week and I think we mentioned things that we're struggling with, like in our prayer lives. And for me, um, I'm pretty good at first thing in the morning before I get out of bed saying a prayer. I'm trying to be better about ending my day in that same way. Um, But one thing that I have in this time with my kids in the morning doing devotions, um, this may sound weird, but my kids look at me like I'm weird. They're like, really, do we really have to do this? But I've tried in the last two weeks to make myself and my children, when we're done with our devotion and we're praying, to actually get on our knees. Um, And I know that you do not have to get on your knees to pray. You can pray anytime, anyplace, anywhere. God always hears our prayers. However, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to teach them something that I'm struggling with at a younger age, teaching them to actually be intentional Mm -hmm. about, um, because let's face it, sometimes, like I said, when I try to pray at night in my bed, I end up falling asleep or, you know, Sometimes the intentionality of kneeling um, direct it keeps us focused and direct on what we're doing and what we're saying and who we're spending time with. Um, I'll just tell y'all this morning. My kids even thought they thought I was even more insane than they already do. Um, our devotion was talking about um, living in Christ's light and His love and and remembering that every day that you can put on his armor of protection. I literally made my kids stand up <laughs> and and go through the motions of putting on a coat of armor. I'm like, I want you to do it physically do the motion because I want you to know that every day you have the choice to put on Christ's armor to protect you from the world. <laughs> like I said, they it didn't end well this morning. Like they thought I was crazy and we kind of ended up in an argument, but well, they'll remember it. I think they'll remember. <laughs> I think they'll remember the act of putting that on. And that you're crazy. And that I'm crazy. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> hey, the way I look at it is if this pay if I'm crazy on earth, but my kids are in heaven with me, I've done my job. Check the box. <laughs> right? Yes. So well, so one little one little scripture that I just want to leave you on. I mean, you may be asking yourself, like, is it really my job as a parent? I'm just really supposed to make sure they stay alive and um, get them to the point where they've graduated from high school and they can move on. Um, I want you to know that just as much as all of those things are part of our jobs as being parents, um, Christ calls us to... Um, make disciples out of our children as well and to raise them up in the way that they should go. And that way is not the world's way, but Christ's way. Um, And scripture tells us all the way back in Deuteronomy 6, it says, listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. It tells us all the way back in Deuteronomy, God was speaking to the Israelites that they are to raise their children and teach their children in the ways that they should go in Christ. And that's our job as parents, just Mm -hmm. as much as anything else. 
Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this week. Um, <laughs> Hopefully something we said you can try, you know, try all of them, try one of them, try to do one and see how it goes and then implement another one. Jump in the deep end with both feet, do all five at one uh -huh. time. See what works for you. And we will, we'll try to link what we can in the notes and maybe on our Instagram, put some stuff on there too, to help you guys. Um, and we will be in prayer for you guys because, and be in prayer for us because we all know that parenthood is the hardest. It is. So, um, it is, but it's, I mean, we've all heard that it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's also the most rewarding mm -hmm. thing that you'll ever do. It is. So get to making little disciples. <laughs> Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us this week in our conversation about parenthood. And we hope that you guys enjoyed it and got something out of it that you can take and use in your little home. Please subscribe and share the podcast because it helps us, it helps others to find us easier. Until next time, we hope you continue to seek small things to make a big impact for his kingdom.